formal U.S. podcast could make the Olympics as a curling team representing the United States. This is. I imagine that people in Greenland are really good at this <laughs> because you have to ski like 20 miles to get to the grocery store and back. <laughs> Whenever I get in front of this microphone, I completely lose my mind and forget everyone's name that I'm thinking. The point guard. I see his face. Miles Brogdon. Yeah. I don't know if it's Miles. Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> oh, we got there. We got there. Welcome to the Informal Podcast. My name is Austin Coley. I'm here with the Sam Lewis. Sam, how are we today? I'm great. We're back in the super secret podcast studio. It's been a while. It's good to be back. I know it. For our last podcast, we talked over the NBA trade that the NBA trade deadline as well as rest of season thoughts with Blake Gandy. It was great to have Blake on the pod. Huge shout to Blake. We had a few audio issues there, so shouts to you guys for bearing with us. We were trying some new software. Um, but Blake did great. It was a fun conversation. Go download that pod. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, we talked about a lot of names that you'd recognize and some names that I didn't even recognize. So <laughs> a little little shallow dive, a little deep dive there too. It was a, a little learning, deep dish pizza. It was a learning experience for everybody. It was fun. Yeah, it was a blast. So kind of our what we're going to talk about this pod is just sort of things that we highlighted this weekend that we thought were interesting um, and I guess just really from the week that we thought were interesting. And then we're going to sort of deep deep dish pizza dive into this college basketball thing. You're going to talk some college hoops for the first time on the pod. I guess we're just having NFL withdrawals. we got to find something to talk about. The NFL's over at least until the draft starts. But to be honest with you, whenever the NFL ends, whenever the Super Bowl is over, that's the start of basketball season for me. Absolutely. And... Especially college basketball, because right now you're in the thick of conference play. NBA, you've got some okay games that, you know, the All-Star break's about to happen. Teams are resting guys. I don't really get into the NBA till gosh, when does it go to? September? Yeah, about August 15th, I think, is when I have to start watching the NBA. But there's like three weeks left in college hoops, so I think it's a great time just to dive in and, and give some thoughts and, and talk about some some really great players that are playing right now in college hoops. But first of all, if you haven't already, please go and review us on iTunes. Give us a nice little shout out on there. That would mean the world to us. If you like the show, please go and do that. If you don't like the show, please don't go and do that. If you don't like the show, fake it. Pretend like you do like the show and tell everyone that it's great and then keep downloading. Absolutely. So with that being said, let's get on with it. First... Let's just talk about the big takeaways from this week. Since our last pod, Sam, what stood out to you? What kind of caught your eye as something that was exciting, was interesting, was noteworthy, was newsworthy? Look, there's a lot of things in the news this week. I mean, you got Jimmy Garoppolo's contract. The Olympics are going on. You know, the Cavs overhaul their entire roster. But the thing that stood out most to me was a story that I saw last night. Um, I think it happened two days ago, but do you remember Esteban Loiza, the pitcher from the A's from like 10 or 15 years ago? No. Well, he was pretty good. You should look him up. He got arrested in Mexico, I think. Had 44 pounds of cocaine and heroin <laughs> oh, on him. Oh my goodness. 44 pounds. Esteban Loiza, former Major League pitcher, is in big boy jail, and he's going to be there a while. And in Mexico. I think so. Yeah, you don't want to go to jail in Mexico. That's bad news. Don't drink the water. Don't go to jail there. Gosh, that's awful. 
I don't, how do you, like, I guess he's just like the Walter White of Mexico. I don't know. Way to kill the mood immediately on oh, this I pie. Mean, I just thought that it was interesting. You asked, you asked me for interesting thoughts, and Esteban La Wiza has always been interesting to me, especially today. <laughs> Ruben Foster also went to jail. Yeah, he went to jail too. That's a different story. Also, not, not a good situation there either. So let's let Ruben Foster, I guess, <laughs> transition us to Jimmy GQ. He got paid. He is the highest paid player in NFL history. Ever. $90 million guaranteed. Ever. The highest paid ever. I had a a uh, metaphor on the pod a few weeks ago about how if you need a quarterback, it's kind of like needing a Coke in a baseball or a football game. You have to overpay for it. They might have overpaid, but that's what you got to do. I mean, he had five great games, and if you have a franchise quarterback, you've got to pay him more than any other franchise quarterback has ever got. And I think he's going to be the highest paid quarterback or the highest paid player in NFL history for about three weeks until Kirk Cousins signs and then he's going to pass him. Was this his free agent year? Yes. So they could have franchised him. They could have franchised tagged him at I don't know 25 or 26 million I think. So my question is he won the last what five or five games six games? I think they were I think they were two and ten and then he won the last four games or something like that. So they ended up six and ten somewhere and we could find this out easily, I think he but, won more than that okay. and he won the games he played in New England so he's undefeated he showed poise he showed grace he showed that he can freaking play the quarterback position Sling it. but is it a big enough sample size to give him that let me ask you would it have been smarter for the 49ers to franchise tag him and see how he played after a full year under his belt no, because I don't think you want to end up in a situation where the Redskins are with Kirk Cousins right now, where you've fractured the relationship to the point where you're having to trade a guy. And I think what you said is correct. It's way too small a sample size to know whether or not he's legit. But all we've seen him play is good football. And the way these NFL contracts are set up, it's not like baseball or basketball where you actually have to pay the guy what you say you're going to pay him. There's always a thousand outs. So, I mean, if Jimmy... Loopholes. There's loopholes everywhere. And Jimmy G's bad. Shout next out the loopholes. Even if you franchise him, if he's bad, are you gonna walk away after that? You probably have to franchise him again because you don't want to go off one bad year either. Shout out Brock Osweiler. Brock, well, Brock Osweiler is really bad. If he's that bad, everybody gets fired anyway, so it doesn't matter. But I think you've got to commit to him. And if he's bad, you can probably get out of this. I mean, I haven't read the contract. Obviously, this is informal. We don't read contracts. We're not lawyers. No. But I'm sure that they could probably get out of it pretty easily after two or three years if they need to. So I'm take an informal look on everything, which very, means barely glazing over, we're, grazing over we're, we're the look, details. Looking headlines. At, we're looking at headlines, and then we're giving you all the other information you need to know off the top. Yeah, we just looked at this headline and made up the amount, so I'm assuming that he gets... I, I, I don't know, I guess that's... There's 137 and a half total, but it's the NFL. No one ever gets what's on the contract. So, the NFL's so crooked. Okay, so I get the process of franchising Kirk Cousins one, two, now not the third time because Maybe. of that trade with Alex. They, they said they might still do it and then try to trade him again after that. But Okay, so that obviously fractures the relationship. But I think it would have been fair to franchise Jimmy GQ once, see his performance, and it's not like you're going to have to pay him more than this next year. If Kirk Cousins goes out and gets $140 million and then Aaron Rodgers re-signs for 150 and Jimmy G's good, then you're going to have to up it to whatever the... He's going to be the highest paid player in the league when you sign him. So why not go ahead and sign him? I mean, the 49ers aren't paying any actual football players anyway. I mean, they haven't had a good team in four years. So pay the guy, 
And if it doesn't work out, go find another guy. Jimmy GQ is your number what quarterback in the NFL? I have no idea. I don't know. He played six good games. That's my point exactly. Well, yeah, if you're... Give it, okay, I'm putting you on the spot. What number is he? If you had to rank all the quarterbacks right now... If we're drafting to start a franchise. Yes. Okay, well, I love Aaron Rodgers, so I'm taking him even though he's like 32. Then, take Brady? No, I'm not taking Brady. He's too old. So let's just go through these. Aaron Rodgers. Russell I'm, Wilson. I'm missing some big ones. Russell Wilson. Yeah, I Deshaun would, Watson. I, Deshaun Watson's definitely above him. I would say Andrew Luck, but that shoulder injury really scares me. Wentz. Carson Wentz is above him. So we're Goff. At, we're at four. Goff. Goff has been really good with a good coaching staff and really bad with Jeff Fisher. So, I mean, Jared Goff might just be Nick Foles. What about Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan is more proven. Lower upside, obviously. But, I mean, look what Matt Ryan did with Kyle Shanahan. So, if I'm getting Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan, I think he definitely is top 10. Marcus Mariota. Who do you take? Jimmy GQ. Oh, no. Easy. Six good games. What about Roethlisberger? No, he's about to retire. Breeze? Too old. Uh, let me think. I mean, um, Breeze and Roethlisberger and Tom Brady, if we're drafting for 2018, I'm taking all those guys ahead of Garoppolo. Okay, Kirk Cousins. There you go. Who do you take, Kirk Cousins or Garoppolo? I think Kirk Cousins is criminally underrated. I think he gets a really bad rap for being on bad teams, but I think statistically he's been one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league for the last three or four years. Um, the upside play is Garoppolo, but I think... If you get Kirk Cousins, you know you're getting a good quarterback. So right now, I'm taking Kirk Cousins. But, I don't know, October 1st of next year, I might change my mind on that one. I've got two more for you. All right. Stafford. Your boy? Your Shout boy? out Georgia Bulldogs. Your boy Stafford. Uh, give me Garoppolo. Last one. Actually, two more. All right. Case Keenum. Garoppolo. Blake Bortles. Garoppolo. All right. Moving on. Peterman. <laughs> Peterman. Peterman. Moving on. Let's talk Olympics for just a second. Because a 17-year-old won the first gold medal of the... He may have been the first medal. I'm not 100% sure on that. Like I said, we just so read the, headlines. This is an informal podcast. We're not actually watching every minute of the Olympics here. I don't, I'm not. Maybe you are. The There's a... Songaga, I don't know how you say that. T.S. Tonga, I don't know. Tonga. Is it you talking about the guy that was oiled up? Yes. around when it's 20, 20 below zero outside? Yes. That guy? Shout out to that guy. What sport does he play? He was a cross-country skier. No, he wasn't. That's yes. a middle okay. linebacker. He was actually competed in the Summer Olympics and learned how to ski in a 12 months. Why does why does Tonga have <laughs> skiers? I don't know. I'm not a huge geography guy, but isn't that like a tiny island in the middle of the ocean? The guy had never seen snow. Obviously. He had to go somewhere to train for, I think it was like six or eight months for this. Yeah. He probably had limited competition. I would imagine so. Only skier in that island's history. He's going to try and compete in 2020 in Tokyo in a different sport than he competed in 2016, he's just trying to set the record. And what? I'm not sure what it's going to be. Greco-Roman Stay wrestling. Stay tuned. 
Stay handball. Stay tuned. <laughs> Knowing nothing about this guy other than I saw him with his shirt off. I imagine he's probably good at whatever he does. So, I mean, I More props to him. Yeah, shout out to shout, you. Shout out to you, shirtless Tonga guy. <laughs> so, yes, a 17-year-old from the United States won the first gold medal. And whenever I heard this, I thought back to when I, whenever I was 17 years old and realized that what I was doing in life was just a normal high school person is completely sad compared to this guy <laughs> winning a gold medal in the Olympics. What was it downhill snowboarding? Is that what he won in, right? Freestyle snowboard. Big air? It wasn't big air. Whatever. All of those sports are the same to me. And I don't <laughs> think it's fair that the United States has other countries that compete with us in that because that's the most American sport of all time. Like, what other country can you just go to the mountains and snowboard in your time off? There's no, like, you know how in... Switzerland? Switzerland. Okay, Switzerland, Norway. All right, there we go. <laughs> we'll just have a three-man competition. Like Canada? <laughs> in the Summer Olympics and in, you know, regular sports, in basketball and football and baseball, they have all these, like, hard luck stories about kids that grew up poor and didn't have anything, but through hard work and talent and determination, they were able to make it to the top of their sport. There's no hard luck, poor kid in downhill skiing. It's not a thing. Yes, I imagine that you need cash to be able to do that. A lot of cash and a house on a mountain, apparently. Two very hard things to find in this world. Basically, there's about probably 17 kids in the entire United States that, that can live up to those credentials, and he was the best of them, so shout out to him. Is curling that hard? This is what I was going to ask you. Um, I, I heard this on a radio show. I don't remember what it might have been Clay Travis. But if we had no family responsibilities, no job responsibilities, and we got paid the same thing we get paid now to train for curling and do nothing else for the next four years, could you and I be in the Olympics in 2022 curling? It's basically shuffleboard. I mean, we've shuffleboarded a little bit. I feel confident that I wouldn't fail drastically right now. You think that if we just grabbed the curling stones and slid <laughs> out there tonight, that we could hold our own? Yes. I, mean, I think we'd come in last. but I We think would be come res- in last. It'd be respectable, right? But it wouldn't be like, look at these idiots. But it's like, we can't downhill snowboard or figure skate. Like, or, I mean, what Very are... Very hard. No, yeah. I don't even think luge. I don't even think we can luge. I mean, I joke like luge. All you're doing is sliding down no. a hill. Like I could do that. But no, people die doing that. I'm not gonna do that. Curling. I feel like we can hold our own. You give me four years to train for that as my job. That's all I have to do. I think I can make the Olympics. Could make the Olympics as a curling team representing the United States. It combined. Is that what that's called? How do you? <laughs> the Nordic combined. How do you get into that sport? Like. We grew up as kids and we're like, oh, we want to be baseball players or I want to play football or I want to That's be in the NBA. That's for people that love skiing but do not live on a mountain. I, I guess. this is. I imagine that people in Greenland are really good at this <laughs> because you have to ski like 20 miles to get to the grocery store and back. And you might need to shoot a bear on your way. I don't know. What, the Winter Olympics <laughs> completely grind my gears. I don't understand half of these sports. They don't make any sense to me. It seems, uh, I don't know. I don't understand it. How do you, like, I got, I can't, I can't, I have no coherent So the thoughts. people in 
that are competing in the Olympics do not get paid. No, not They're amateurs. To, right? Somebody that is going to get paid is you, Darvish. You, Darvish, got paid. He's about the only free agent that got paid in the major leagues this year. Yeah. Talk about you, Darvish, for a little bit. I know you don't really want to talk about baseball, so I'll hold, I'll hold this one down. I heard, uh, I saw on Twitter, I read an article about how Matt Kemp was holding up the free agent market in Major League Baseball because the Dodgers were trying to dump his money so they could give that money to you, Darvish. And you, Darvish, hadn't signed yet, so none of the other pitchers can sign. So Jake Arrieta is hanging out there and whatever other pitchers are free agents. I don't know off the top of my head. But apparently that wasn't the case because you, Darvish, was like, I'm not waiting on you guys anymore. I'm going to go get paid. <laughs> and I think it's great. I think it's a fine deal for the Cubs. The Cubs got plenty of money. Unlike football, you, Darvish, is actually going to get all of the money they told him they were going to pay him. So, I mean, that contract could look pretty bad in the coming years. I mean, pitchers, especially getting into their 30s, are always kind of a risky proposition but you Darvish was one of the best pitchers in the league he had kind of a down year last year but I think that um, they're losing Arietta, and Arietta wasn't very good last year and they still made the NLCS so you get peak you Darvish and the Cubs are going to be a force to be reckoned with in the upcoming season yeah I absolutely I mean you Darvish very good good at baseball he will only make the Cubs better is there anything else that stood out to you this weekend that you would like to talk about? The only other thing off the top of my head I can think of is the Cavs trotted out their new lineup the other night, and they put it on the Celtics to the tune of like a 25-point win. Look good. Yeah, they did. Let's talk about how this was the Paul Pierce Hall of Fame well, Ring was, of Honor game, it right? It was Paul Pierce night. And he, the, he wore his green plaid jacket. Did you see that? Yes, I did see that. I also jacket. saw him looking pissed because they got blown out. Yep. And the ceremony was after the game. Whoever so no one designed, was still there. No. Whoever designed that, whoever made that decision was wrong. Well, the good news for Paul Pierce is at least they didn't have an Isaiah Thomas tribute video to compete with his big night because I know he was mad about that. It was a lot of controversy following that, and it turned out to be a dud. This is like most headlines in the NBA. It's a lot of controversy, and at the end of the year, the Warriors beat the Cavs in the finals. So, there you go. Go listen to the NBA pod. Yes. It's basically what we talked about. Let's talk college basketball. Let's get into it. So, on Saturday, I guess just last week in general, college basketball started to heat up. St. Joe's, St. Joseph's. I get those St. John's. St. John's. John's. Chris Mullen. There's three different schools right there. I think it's just two. I think St. Joe's and St. Joseph's are the same school. Are we sure? No. Is St. <laughs> Joseph's a school? I think it's just St. John's. It's, it's all what? It's just St. John's. Well, they beat Villanova. And they beat Duke. They beat weekend, Villanova right? and Duke. But just on Saturday, Virginia beat Virginia Tech 61 to 60. Virginia Tech beat Virginia. Virginia Tech beat Virginia. Gosh, I'm, you just need to take over from here. <laughs> Michigan State beat Purdue. That's the number four team beating the number three team. Number 10, Kansas lost by 16. At home, right? No, no it was in Waco oh, it against was. Baylor. Okay. St. Mary's, the number 11 team, lost to Gonzaga. St. Mary's 12. was the number 11 team? Yes, their offensive paralysis is stupid. What? Who's the Australian point guard this year? Because they always have one. Is it Del Vadova? It was Del Vadova, and then it was Patty Mills. And I'm sure they have one now, but I don't know who Ask it is. Ask to. Ben Simmons Jr.? 
Um, the VFLs lost no. to Alabama. That wasn't a loss. That by was, 28 points? That was a bloodletting. Oh, my goodness. That was, I would not have wanted, wanted to be been at practice. Roll Tide, Paul. I would not want to be at Rick Barnes' practice with the boys this morning. I bet that got ugly. Iowa State beat the Trey Youngs 88-80. to Trey Young falling off fast. Oklahoma State beat West Virginia. West Virginia was number 19 team. Is West Virginia going to make the tournament? They were ranked number one for a minute. Now they've lost like eight straight. We'll, t- we'll talk about them later. All right. Texas A&M beat Kentucky. I think that was Kentucky's third straight loss. That never have never happened under Coach Cal. Then lose three straight. Three straight in Rupp or just three straight in three general? Three straight in general. This really? was at Texas A&M, yeah. Even the year they didn't make the tournament? Yeah. Really? Wow. And Boston College beat Miami. Boston College still plays basketball? I thought that after the whole uh, the gambling thing from the 30 for 30, I thought they got the death penalty. No, they actually do still play basketball. Good for them. Shout out to BC. I think I'll, I'll kind of read off some of the names of teams right now. After, of course, it was a huge shakeup sort of in the AP polls. And Virginia ended up being number one after losing. So that just kind of shows you how crazy it was. Michigan State's now two. Villanova's three after losing to St. John, St. Joseph, St. Joe's, whoever they lost. All three of them. It wasn't a fair fight. Xavier's four. Cincinnati's five. Cincinnati's five. Cincinnati. Purdue is Purdue and their seven-two center is six. That dude's a beast. Oh my goodness. We'll talk about that in a minute too. Okay. All right. Texas Tech is now seven. Ohio State's eight. Ohio State looks good. Gonzaga's 9, and Auburn is 10. So notables, Kansas, or Duke's 12. Kansas dropped to 13. North Carolina's now 14. Arizona's all the way down there at 17. Tennessee's 18. West Virginia's still in the top 25. They're 20. Texas A&M moved in. Oklahoma's still hanging on at 23. So I think it would be appropriate at this time to look at Joe Lenardi's bracketology, and just kind of go over sort of where they have each of these teams in the bracket. For full disclosure here, the actual selection committee put out a bracket, I think it was Saturday or maybe it was Sunday of this week, kind of like the college football selection committee does where they update kind of the rankings where everybody's at. And we're going to look at that one in a minute. This one is just Joe Lenardi, ESPN, his bracketology, of where he did the full one through sixty-eight and put out where everybody stands as of right now. So that's Are we what we're gonna sure that now. he knows what he's talking about? I think he got like sixty-seven out of sixty-eight teams last year. So we can take this pretty much as fact. <laughs> yeah, this one, especially if you're you know twelve seed or down, and he's got you in, you're probably in. Is this one more accurate than the selection committee's preliminary? Apparently they are, because the selection committee still had Oklahoma as a four seed, and I don't think they've won a game since like mid-January, so I think Lenardi's the one to go with here. All right, so let's talk Lenardi's bracket. The one seeds, Virginia, Villanova, Purdue, and Xavier. Xavier. Xavier, just Xavier. That was a joke. X. (laughs) The X's. What are your thoughts there? I think it's interesting that Purdue is still holding that one line after they lost to Michigan State last week. Because Michigan State, where are they at on here? Does he have he has them at a three seed? Michigan State's number two in the AP poll. I mean, just from our outsiders' perspective here, 
it would seem to me that Michigan State might deserve that one spot over Purdue, right? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, Purdue lost to the Vols. They can't be that good. They've got a really tall center. And a really tall power forward, too, right? They only have two guys? Where would you draft that big center in the NBA? I've watched him play about probably total three quarters of a game, you know, mixed among other, you know, more than one game, but probably on total three quarters of a game. And they have one offensive play, it looks like, where they just dump it to him and he turns around and just shoots a layup because there's like a six <laughs> five guy guarding him. And I don't know if you could do that in the NBA. Um, I mean, I don't know. Is he good on defense? Can he shoot? I'm not sure. I don't think he's a rim protector from what I've seen and what I've read, but I think he is serviceable defensively. Would DeAndre Jordan dunk all over him? I think absolutely. Yeah, probably. Whenever I was reading about him, I don't know when the article was dated. I think it was after last year when he decided to go to the NBA draft and then decided to not go to the NBA draft. <laughs> but at that point, he had not attempted a three-pointer in his entire career in three years at Purdue. That and that's did. something you got to do in the NBA unless you're Andre Drummond or DeAndre Jordan. It doesn't bode well for a big man in this day and age if you can't shoot at all. I mean, even up until you know four or five years ago, there was a place in the NBA for guys like... Um, Oh, I'm blanking on his name. The big guy, he was with Charlotte. And then, You're thinking of Timothy Mosgaard. No, not him. Not Dwight him. Howard. Not Dwight Howard. Oh, my Blake Kendrick Gandy. Perkins. Blake Gandy is going to kill me when I can't think of this guy's name. He played for the Hornets. He played Kelly for the Olenek. Jazz. What, my point is, there's a, there was a spot in the NBA for the 6'10 through 7'1 center who couldn't really shoot and couldn't protect the rim, but you throw it down to him, he could get a bucket. Udonis Haslam. Okay, fine. Udonis Haslam. That's not what I'm talking about, but fine. I mean, even that guy is fine. I mean, look at Jaleel Okafor. He can't get any minutes with the Nets, and the Nets are awful. If you're a big man, you've got to be able to protect the rim and or guard on the perimeter or shoot some threes to stay on the floor. And if he can't do that, then he can't play. It doesn't matter how big he is. So when you look at the ones, Virginia, Villanova, I wonder what the odds of two schools starting with V being a one seed are. Purdue and the X's. Who stays? Who gets bumped out? And if they're bumped out, who steps in and takes their place? I think, um, just looking at the board as it is now, I think Michigan State, even though Lenardi has them as a three seed, I think they were a three seed in the actual selection committee's um, bracket they put out too, but... With them being number two in the AP poll, big win over Purdue. I think if they win the Big Ten, they've got an inside track for a one seed. Um, Duke, even being down at 12 in the AP poll, I believe they're still a two seed on both of these brackets. Yes, he has them playing Bucknell. Oh, they're going to lose to Bucknell. But <laughs> That's a classic Duke 215 struggle. But 100%. That happened against Belmont a couple of years ago, too. Shout but, out Bruins. They should have won. That was a big Ian Clark game, was it not? He might not. He might already graduated. I don't know. But... I think Duke has a chance to get in if they win the ACC over Virginia. Um, let's see, who else? Kansas? I mean, Kansas hasn't been very good. Kansas, I do not see as a one seed, although they still have them as a two here in this bracketology. Auburn, I don't really see taking a one seed either. Let's talk about Auburn for a second while we're here. Is Auburn going to be the first team to ever win their conference outright and then have to fire their coach in the offseason? 
I don't know. You tell me. Bruce Pearl is going to get fired in the offseason because he's cheating. (laughs) This Adidas thing came out in the offseason, last offseason. It got Rick Pitino. If it gets Rick Pitino, it's going to get Bruce Pearl. I mean, he's already had to suspend like half his coaching staff. Their best player isn't playing because he took like bags of cash from an Adidas agent. And I mean, Auburn's just like, yeah, but you know, Bruce is our guy. We're going to stick with him. Auburn even refunded season tickets before the season started because they thought their team was going to be that bad. And now Bruce has got him as a top 10 team. Lenardi's got him as a two seed because he's an incredible coach. He's really good. He's a great coach, but he's going to get fired again because he can't keep his nose clean. So looking at conferences, I do not think that a Big 12 team will be a one seed just because the simple fact that those teams beat themselves up night in, night out, it is the most, it is a conference with the most depth, like the most high-talented players and teams. They got 10 really good teams. Any team could beat any one of these teams on any given night which makes it difficult for a team to sustain a one seed when you've got teams like Villanova and Xavier running through their conferences. So I do not think that a Big 12 team, I don't really see a Pac-12 team either. I mean, Arizona's the top-ranked Pac-12 team right now. At 17. So I don't really see them having one. I think the Big 10 will have one. It'll either be Michigan State, Ohio State, or Purdue. Villanova, what conference do they play in? Villanova's eight, eight, the ten? Big East. Villanova and Xavier are both in the new Big East. So one of them, the A-10. Who plays in, Cincinnati plays in the A-10. Cincinnati plays in the A-10, and I think maybe Rhode Island? Is that? No, Cincinnati's in the American. Rhode Island's in the A-10. <laughs> John, I don't know. Can we stop realigning conferences? Is Boise State still in the Big East? You remember when that was going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. Boise State and South Florida and San Diego State were all going to be in the Big East. <laughs> and then somebody's like, no, that's stupid. We're not going to do that. And if, I don't know yeah, why. If they did now. that, they should have just changed their name to the Continental American Conference. The Continental United States of America, the whole thing conference. Why not include the University of Mexico in there, too? Is there a University of Guadalajara? <laughs> is that where Esteban Lawise graduated from? I don't think you want to be involved with that right now. I think an ACC team will be a one seed. Either Probably Virginia. Virginia prob- right? Yeah, I'd probably say. I mean, it depends on the ACC tournament, kind of what happens on the stretch. I mean, I think Duke or Clemson, whoever just really gets hot. So I think it will be a couple power conference teams, a Big East, a Big Ten, an ACC and maybe another one of the teams from those conferences, just depending on how they finish. I think what you've got, I think you're going to have the Big East, the Big East winner, whether it be Villanova or Xavier. Villanova or Xavier. You're going to have the Big Ten winner, either Michigan State or Purdue, or maybe Ohio State, I guess. And then the ACC champion, probably Duke or Virginia. And I think those three, as long as it's not, you know, somebody doesn't come out of nowhere to win those conference tournaments, I think those three are lock, locks to be a one seed. And then after that, I mean... You got Xavier, you know, or the teams that come in second in those conferences, I think, will get in. I don't think you're going to see, I mean, Rhode Island right now, they're all the way down at 16. They're 10-0 and in their conference. I mean, if they go run the table in the A-10, go whatever it is, 18-0, and and then win the tournament, I mean, they're not going to be a one seed probably, but should they be in consideration for it? Um, no. 
You don't think so? No. Gonzaga got a one seed the other a couple years ago. They should not have gotten a one seed. They almost won the t- the championship, but they did not. They lost by four points in the title <laughs> game. <laughs> yes, but I think Gonzaga is better. I think Gonzaga was undefeated. Or they well, they were like thirty and one going into the tournament. Wichita State was undefeated, right? When they were a one seed. I believe so. Yes. And then they got beat by Kentucky in round two. But remember when George Mason was a twelve and made it to the final four? Yeah, Frank. That's Lar- why I Frank- love. Yeah, Frank, Frank Laranega, right? The guy yeah. in Miami now. Yeah, yeah. He's. I can't name any of those players. I think they were an eleven seed, weren't they? They were an eleven or a twelve. Oh, they beat UConn. So, what are some teams? Or lost to UConn, maybe. I don't what remember. are some and Kimba? No, that was I, before Kimba. I don't know. I we gotta I, we gotta keep going. I don't know. Was a really deep diving in this five. That's what we cuts. talked. That's what we said. Deep cuts. What are what is give me two teams that are ranked below a two, so three through sixteen, okay, that you could see making a run at the national championship. Okay, so if you say below a two, right now, I think the leader in the clubhouse for that has to be Michigan State, just because they're technically a three seed, even though they're the number two team in the AP poll. I think they got a lot of talent on that team. Jackson, Miles Miles Bridges, that's a tough one. Bridges, British, Miles British. He's a good player. Um, And, you know, you can't discount the Tom Izzo factor. So that would be the first one I would go to. Um, I think you got to say Oklahoma just because, I mean, Trey Young could catch fire. Or they could get beat in the first round. You can't ever tell. Uh, Another team that I really like is Arizona. I think that they've kind of had some struggles um, figuring it out so far this year. But, but. DeAndre Ayton, I think that's his name, Ayton, he's a beast. I watched him play a little bit on Saturday night. He looks like Shaq in his prime. That guy's huge. And they just jump on his back. I think he can talk about the Purdue guy who's just turned around scoring over 6'5 guys. DeAndre Ayton dunked on like seven grown (laughs) men at once. It was incredible. He's my new favorite player in college basketball, I think. And I think that if they get hot and start hitting some threes around that guy, that could be nobody wants to play them in the tournament. I'm going to give you a couple here that may surprise you. All right. MTSU is a 12 seed. Got it. Go Blue Raiders. Belmont is a 14. Oh, no way. The two <laughs> mid-majors that are literally within 10 miles of where That's we're weird. recording. All right. No. It's crazy. All right. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but not really. Go no, Bruins. But seriously. A couple of teams that I see right now that are out of the top two is one, Ohio State. Those boys can play. Right now they're a four- they beat Purdue at home, but they are playing so well. Obviously, you don't want to be playing your best basketball right now, but if they can keep it up, I certainly think that they would have a chance. North Carolina, with the experience from winning the title last year, I think Joel always Barry. has a chance. And then I honestly think that Tennessee's interesting. By the way, they can grind it out. They're not, I mean, I know they got blown out against Alabama, but. Normally, they will not get blown out. They'll be in games. And from what I've seen, they know how to win at the end of games. Don't pander to me. Don't give me that. After we just got ran off the floor by Colin Sexton, this is I, that's another team I wanted to shout out is Alabama. I don't think they have a clue what they're doing half the time. And it's probably because they just beat my favorite team by 30 that I think they're good. But they've got some hosses on the inside, too. Colin Sexton's really good. And... Avery Johnson is over there yelling in his little boy's voice, just motivating these guys. <laughs> I and forgot he was their coach. He is their coach. And 
I, it's like you said. I think Tennessee on Saturday against Alabama was by far the better team as a to, as a in whole. They were the better team, but they didn't have anybody that could stay in front of Colin Sexton, and he was breaking them down off the dribble in the half court. He was getting out on the break, and it just snowballed. And I think Tennessee's a better team than they showed, and I think they could. If the, if the bracket falls right, they could end up in the Elite Eight, maybe even the Final Four if they really catch a break. But I don't think they have the star power to actually win the entire thing. I also think they could lose in the first round if they end up having to play, a, you know, your Belmont Bruins in the first round. They, the dangerous they, Bruins. Uh, we don't want to see Rick Bird. Don't want any part of him. The Belmont women's team just got ranked in the top 25. Okay, that's enough women's basketball talk. Let's keep moving. What Go Lady is, Vols. What is... So, looking at the top seeds, we'll go with the ones right now. Which one of those do you see most likely to be upset in the round of probably 32? No one seed's ever lost in the first round. We know that. So, it would have to be a second round loss. i got to find Lenardi's bracket here. I've, I've I've started following too many links trying to figure out what that dude from Purdue's name was. It's Haas, by the way. Okay, I'm back. I think... um, so the one seeds right now, Virginia, Villanova, Purdue, and Xavier. I guess Xavier. I don't know because I don't know anything at all about Xavier. I feel like... But that's part what makes them dangerous. Exactly. They could be very good. I go through this every year when the bracket comes out. It's kind of a ritual with myself of trying to find Xavier because they could be a one seed or they could not be in the tournament at all. And I never have any idea. Villanova was kind of like this until a couple years ago where they just started being a one seed every year. But... I have no no idea if Xavier's any good. I know they are a one seed right now. Would it shock me if they lost in round two? Especially in Lenardi's bracket, he's got them playing Kentucky in round two. Would it shock me if Kentucky beat Xavier? Not at all. I think Kentucky's probably more talented. So I, if I've got to pick one of those four teams, I'm taking Xavier to lose early. I'm going to take Purdue. Even to me, with Haas? Oh. The idea of watching Purdue play Minnesota in basketball, I would rather <laughs> scratch my eyes out. It yes. feels like there should be snow on the court while that game is going on. Absolutely. All right. Last thing I want to talk about in college hoops. What is a player? Give me, I guess, two or three guys that you see down the stretch in March and in the conference tournaments that could Steph Curry their teams, that could will their teams, to a Final Four or a championship or further than they realistically should go? I've already talked about most of my guys. This um, is non Trey yeah, Young this is the category. Non, this is the non Trey Young division because the obvious answer is Trey Young. I mean, if he just if he goes for 35 a night in the tournament, they could win every game. But with removing him from the scenario here, my first pick is Aiton from Arizona. That dude's a beast. He's on another plane athletically. He's shooting threes, too. I mean, he may go number one. Either him or that dude from Slovenia, Doncic. Luka Donic. We, we talked about him a few pods ago. Look that up. He's good. But I think it's I think it's Aiton. I think it's Colin Sexton at Alabama. I don't know that Alabama can win the national championship, but, I mean, Colin Sexton, could he could get hot and carry that team farther than people think they're going to go. Um, and then after that, I mean, I guess you got to go with Marvin Bagley, right, at Duke? I mean, he hasn't really showed out like everyone thought he was going to this year. I mean, he's a great player, don't get me wrong, but 
if he puts it all together for a two-week run, I mean, he could. I could see Marvin Bagley winning the player, the, what do they call it, most outstanding player in the tournament, the Heisman of college basketball. I could see that happening. The Wooden? Whatever it is. The MOP. Yeah, I could see it going to Bagley at Duke. I've got a couple of names. First, for Michigan State, Miles Bridges. Yeah. The shot he made against Purdue, that guy's a sophomore, so he's a little bit more experienced, and I would actually prefer to take an older player in the tournament that sort of has a grasp on what's going on. I think he can definitely take over a game. My last, I guess my second and last choice for a player that could possibly take over March is Javon Carter from West Virginia. Who? Have you seen this guy play? I have. He's a he's like a seventh year senior, isn't he? He's a, it- he's a senior, but he is really good. He's a tenacious defender. He has the ability to shoot the three and also get to the line. He makes their team go, and I understand that they've lost quite a bit recently, but if their games have been any indication of the one I watched on Saturday, the team was losing, but he was winning. I mean, he was just the only person on that team that was doing anything, and they're obviously good, and Bob Huggins will have them ready to go whenever March comes. And I think he's going to ball out. I don't really see him on any draft boards because he's a senior. But I think he could be a little Patrick Beverly-esque in the NBA. He's quick. He can make shots. He can defend. And I think he can actually will a team to go, a West Virginia team, into the Elite Eight or Final Four. He's definitely one of those guys that's going to complete, like you said, he's not on any draft boards because he's a senior. And he's going to go in like the 40s, and a smart team's going to take him. It's going to be like that dude that the Bucks picked that almost won the Rookie of the Year from Virginia. And I'm blanking on his name now, too. Whenever I get in front of this microphone, I completely lose my mind and forget everyone's name that I'm thinking. The point guard. I see his face. Miles Brogdon. Yeah. I don't know if it's Miles. Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> oh, we got there. We got there. This, this is. I imagine that people in Greenland are really good at this <laughs> because you have to ski like 20 miles to get to the grocery store and back. The team in the second round and be a serviceable backup point guard for his whole career. There's a there's a pretty prevalent theory when it comes to filling out your bracket and looking for sleepers in the tournament. It's a bracket of integrity. The bracket of the sheet of integrity. When <laughs> when I'm filling out mine, one thing I like to look for is veteran point guards like that. And another guy that comes to mind when I'm thinking of that is probably the most veteran point guard, Joel Berry II from North yes. Carolina. If we didn't talk about him, we've got a UNC fan friend who would come after us. <laughs> so shout out to you. Joel Berry, he, I think he's the only player in NCAA history to score over 20 points in two separate national title games. I haven't fact-checked that's that. That's stupid. But that's crazy. He, and he shows up when the big moment comes. He put the team on his back when they beat Villanova. Last year, the year before. Whichever one they won, he put the team Last on his back. Year. And, I mean, this North Carolina team isn't as good as that one last year. But you got a senior point guard like that who has been there. He's been through all the wars. He knows what it's like you know, winning that Sweet 16 game and then having to spend a week back on campus with everybody telling you how great you are and then going back out and playing another game. And I think that kind of experience, like you said, it's invaluable. And they and also have, what's his name, May? Uh, yeah, Luke May. Luke May. The big white dude. Yeah, that guy is also older. He is. He made the big shot last year to beat Kentucky, right? Or was yeah, it UCLA? No. Kentucky? Yeah. I mean, they've got experience. And they they played in Knoxville earlier in the year. And Tennessee absolutely controlled that game from the tip until there was about 45 seconds left. And Tennessee was up 
you know, five to eight. I think they stretched to double digits once or twice. And then at the end of the game, UNC just won. And I don't really know how it happened, but they've got guys that have been there before. They hit a couple of big shots. And in the tournament, that's all it takes. You win a couple of games, you get hot. There you go. Absolutely. I agree with everything you said. And talking about this, maybe even more excited for college basketball. I know. You, you nailed it. After the Super Bowl's over, baseball hasn't started yet. You don't care about the NBA until the playoffs get here. And college basketball is really fun this time of year. And I'm really looking forward to it. I cannot wait for the brackets to come out in a couple of weeks. That's one of my favorite days as a sports fan. It's like Christmas. It's like sports Christmas. And Informal will be there to fill out a bracket with you when that happens <laughs> too, by the way. Look out for that one. Do you have any last thoughts before we sign off? I think that's it. I think that's it. This was fun. We should yeah. talk about college hoops more. Absolutely. If you haven't already, please go follow us on Twitter at Informal US. And we're going to try to hop on Facebook soon. So be looking for us on there as, as we start to try to create a presence and we would obviously love and support any help that you could give us on that front. I am at Austin Coley on Twitter. He's at Lewis underscore zero six. Thanks for coming and finding us wherever you're finding us. Please go back there and keep looking and we will still be there. So thanks again. Peace.